We're going to do it like this for the next hour, all gospel. So uh, here we go. We're going to start off like this. And welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Football Chat Ask Me Anything series. Tonight, we've got my man, Chris Robin, a.k.a. at Detroit Beastie on Twitter. And he's going to be bringing a lot of the heat about any and everything related to fantasy football tonight. Mr. Robin, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm fantastic. Uh, thanks for having me. I really enjoy these. You know, there's certain things uh, that we do, right? Not, let's just, in life, we do things that give us pleasure, right? Our husbands, our wives, you know, if you have a good job, something. But in terms of, like, writing and broadcasting, we all have our own little things that we enjoy. Obviously, DFS is at the top of that list. But second, and I'm not kidding here, I love these AMAs, especially on Discord. With you at the helm, you got a radio program going at the same time. It's it's very peaceful. The lead-up is very peaceful. And I remember last time, the last few times I've done this, it's great. You're in the chat, and, you know, you act actively you know replying back and i just love it from start to finish so thank you for having me back again for what is this uh third three four maybe fifth time something like that i know that we've done i'm pretty sure this is number five appearance for you so uh yeah the five timers club definitely uh deserving to be on that list that is for certain oh we lost them let's get them back up here just a moment, everybody. There we go. I don't know what the heck happened, but uh, we're back. Here I am. And he's back. And we're going to run right into it. Yeah, you're part of the Five Timers Club, I'm pretty sure, at this point. So, oh, uh, great. Do I, do I get a ring? You know, like when you, when you bowl a perfect game, you know, you can get like a diamond ring or a class ring. Is there a jacket? Is there anything I can look forward to being in the Five Timers Club? I think that we can probably wrangle up some sort of Letterman jacket for you. Oh, um, fantastic. Obviously, through Viridian Global. Shout out Will and Mark out there. Absolutely. Um, uh, but let's not uh, deny the people what they want, and that is the goods from all these questions that they've got posted, like you were previously mentioning. There's a ton of them here, and we're going to try to run through as many of them as we can. Uh, but we know you've got the good stuff, so let's dive right in here, starting with are there any New England guys you're targeting an IDP? Well, that's a that's a tough question. It's more than likely no, but I I think I would like to you know take a look at uh, the rookie Christian Barmore, defensive tackle right now. He's uh, second on the depth chart behind what like Byron Cowart or something. And again, I don't have this memorized. I'm looking at their depth chart right now, so don't think like. I'm a whiz when it comes to New England football. But you know what? To be fair, Chase Winovich as well. You know, he he, he was in my IDP league or on fan tracks. He was always slated as kind of a defensive end, if I remember correctly. And then after the first few games of the season, they, they changed his eligibility where Chase was available at linebacker. And that's where uh, he makes his hay. So I like Chase Winovich. Kyle Van Noy is kind of, uh, you know, like a bi-league filler. Jawan Bentley is there. Donta Hightower. 
Uh, he opted out last year. So they're getting some pieces back here. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely some people on there. In, in my eyes, nothing like that stands out that jumps off the page. But to me, it would probably be Chase Winovich, uh, Barrymore, and uh, Kyle Van Noy in that order. It, it, because Donta, Hightower, we don't know what he did in his year off. Was he sitting around? Was he eating? I'm sure he was lifting weights, but we don't know. That's why it's great to see OTAs, and hopefully uh, we'll have preseason football this year. Yes, sir, indeed. And uh, to pivot away from the Patriots, I'm going to skip down a few questions and ask about with the addition of Hassan Reddick and you've now got uh, the new rookie as well. Um, oh, blanking on his name right now. Uh, JC Horn. Wow. Big slip up there. Um, do you think that that elevates the North Carolina defensive unit to like another level or are they under the radar at the moment? Well, yeah, Carolina, the Panthers, I, I assume is what you're getting at North Carolina. That's where they are. But well, any team that has kind of a stud who's up and coming, and I'm telling you, uh, be on the lookout for, um, Jeremy Chin, right? Unbelievable talent. I know he was kind of a, uh, he burst on the scene last year. We all saw it coming. So I don't want to say burst on the scene, but this defense has a chance to, you know, be fantastic. Brian Burns left defensive end, Derek Brown in his second year at, at defensive tackle, I believe on the right uh and then gross matos yater gross matos he was drafted from penn state i believe so they have all this talent here all, young talent right jeremy chin second year uh Derek brown gross matos and then you, you get guys like hassan riddick and shaq thompson who are i i remember seeing a question later on here it says what are some older idp guys that still have a lot of gas left in the tank i can answer that right now two of those would be shaq thompson and hassan riddick who was ousted from arizona after they drafted, I believe uh, it wasn't Jamin Davis. It was uh, what the heck is that kid's name? He uh, just got popped for a for a DUI. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Jamin Collins. Or yeah. Excuse me. Z- right. Z- yeah, Zavin Collins. Zavin yeah. Collins, yeah. So they they must have seen something in Zavin that was like, oh, my God, wow, to just suddenly, well, Hassan, you're, you're free to explore other options here. So that defense is, is one to keep an eye on. You know, their, their cornerbacks and their safeties, uh, nothing really special outside of Jeremy Chin, but they're going to get it done. And that their cornerbacks, like you said, J.C. Horn is a, uh, a, a fantastic selection, you know, at uh, – later in the rounds if you play idp you know that cornerbacks aren't really you know you don't really want to place a, a ton of draft capital or space in those guys you want you know heavy tackle guys you know safeties and linebackers so to me jeremy chin is is the is the head honcho of this defense and i'm looking forward to seeing what he can do this coming season excellent and uh as we're looking at some of the deep divers on some of these offensive units who are some of your favorite sleepers at each position of defensive lineman, linebacker, and defensive back? I prepared for this one because it's not one I, I felt comfortable answering on a whim, although I ca- probably could have done it. So the, the first one on my list would be in Miami. Uh, Miami Dolphins linebacker Jerome Baker. We're going to start with him because they lost at the aforementioned Kyle Van Noy, went back to New England where he started in a Super Bowl for them. But in terms of, of Miami, uh, I'm very excited to have him on my dynasty teams or redraft teams, whatever you're doing for for, for uh 
IDP leagues doesn't matter to me, but he finished as the LB 31 last year and expect him to make a, a, a huge jump this year. And Oh, by the way, uh, they signed him to a massive contract extension not too long ago. I believe don't quote me on this, but I believe it was in the, like the $41 million range. And he went from one and a half sacks in 2019 to seven sacks last year. So I'm expecting him to make another leap this year. And again, if you want to write this down, I know you record it. You can play it back. You can make, fun of me whatever but i expect jerome baker to have double digit sacks in 2021 and i don't really know if that's a hot take it's just something i feel in my gut so let's run with it and if we move down the list another guy dallas cowboys you know america's team blah 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 the cowboys uh linebacker group was became uh kind of interesting right i mean i know i'm kind of talking to to you here and it's not like a, a podcast where you have other people that that jump in here so i might ask a few rhetorical rhetorical questions excuse me but the Dallas Cowboys defense was was not good last season. In DFS formats, we always targeted them. But uh, Jalen Smith kind of buried the lead here. Smithy was horrendous. I know this isn't a glowing report, but hang in here. I'll get to it. Jalen Smith was horrendous in coverage last year. It was, like I think it was like a 64, 65% coverage grade. I think that was per PPF or PFF, not my... Um, analysis there but he's on the hot seat and he needs to kind of step up and do something i don't know if they'd cut him but they need him to step up and in all the you know the the, the mock drafts and, and even the, the idp trading i've done in my dynasty leagues jalen smith has been a hot commodity he's been passed around you know three or four times in my personal 14 team ppr idp league so i mean there's other linebackers I, i'd rather take a shot on obviously but you're asking for sleepers and jalen smith could be a high tackle guy and you're gonna get him next to nothing based on from what from what i've seen and then one more guy um i get i hate to say this it sounds rude or like I, i'm better than i'm not at all but if you're in the know in terms of the rookie idps everybody's talking about atlanta falcons rookie safety richie grant and if we dive into that that secondary it's it, it was awful they he, the, the 40th overall this was grant the 40th overall pick in the draft he was the second safety taken doesn't really matter but grant is he's a rarity he's kind of that do-it-all guy where you need to where you need him you can move him around free safety nick you could put him up covering linebackers, whatever you need to do. Uh, he recorded 290 tackles and 11 and a half tackles for loss his college uh, career. So the Atlanta Falcons grabbed him, and I, I love it. He should start immediately. Everybody places importance on these rookie offensive talents, running backs and, and tight ends or wide receivers. And what's the number one question we all see people talking about or what do we see people asking? Is there a clear path to playing time? If you're going to draft a guy and he's going to sit on on the depth chart and be in street clothes well what's the point in drafting him well i'm telling you now richie grant is going to start from day one he has a clear and immediate impact on this atlanta falcons defense in 2021 i love to hear it i love to hear it uh, how do you feel about atlanta's offense this upcoming season well, that's a, I don't want to say it's a touchy subject, but I, I mean, anytime you lose a, a stud, like a, a Hall of Famer, right? I, I don't know if we can all agree. I'll, I'll say it. I think Julio Jones is a is a Hall of Fame at wide receiver and to be fair I don't even really think it's close. I don't want to get in that debate because you know people get uh, 
get unkind on social media as we know but on offense you know russell gage is now has been able to step up and he'll be in somewhat of a of a prom i would don't want to say prominent but he'll be in a bigger role it's calvin ridley and it's uh pitts kyle pitts that's just about it and then you got uh quad mike davis there which should be good we'll see what we got with him quadri allison is there one rookie you know not many people are talking about but again if you live and breathe this stuff like we do javian hawkins should be on your radar on your taxi squad you can leave him there who cares he was drafted this this past year and so that depth chart it reads mike davis i think cordell patterson is probably their rb2 which is wild he's talk about a swiss army knife but that offense will be it'll be okay it'll get the job done i don't think you know atlanta's going to win the division i don't think they're going to you know be there you know win 10 games 12 games like they have in years past but their offense will be sustainable for fantasy purposes if that makes sense yeah, Javian Hawkins falling down to fifth on their uh, depth chart as of right now. Uh, but yeah, in his career at Louisville, he didn't allow a single um, sack and like 291 uh, pass block attempts. Crazy. And I just want to say real quick, so while I'm talking, uh, I, one of my favorite things to do is, is be in the chat at the same time. And I don't know, a uh, stat bot just popped up, the Atlanta Falcons running back depth chart. I don't know if you had any say-so in that or if it like uses keywords. And what I'm getting at is this is unbelievably fun and fantastic. Oh, no. That's uh, courtesy of our uh, head dev. Uh, he works his magic and it scrapes from a couple different places. So... Uh, you could actually, like, if you clicked on the blue text there, it would take you to the website, and you could look at the other teams. But Oh, wow, up, this is great. Yeah, it's uh, it's handy for stuff like that. Uh, you can pull up, like, their cap situation and stuff with it. It's uh, you know what I've thought about? Like, I on on Saturday, I was part of the, the Brighter Skies, their, their pot-a-thon for, you know, bullying and, and just, you know, just being a better person. And I was given, you know, so humble, I was given an hour, which turned into an hour and a half, and I was riding solo for probably 70, 75 minutes there and it was nice uh, you know normally I, I, i'm just a microphone and a camera and i'm talking to other people I, i'm on other people's shows and i've always imagined what it'd be like to have a radio show like these big ones you see on on espm or sirius and they talk into the microphone and they're talking to like even like howard stern he's talking to the producer or fred the sound guy and he's just like while they're talking he said well i need this graphic pulled up i need that and i thought how cool would that be to happen and it's happening now the the stat bot give us anything we need it really can. It really can. Uh, and to take it back, uh, I'm looking at the IDP rankings, and they've got Richie Grant along the likes of Matt Milano, Stephen Tuitt, uh, Tyrone Matthew, Jerome Baker, Jeffrey Simmons, Quinnen Williams, et cetera, et cetera. So I have yeah. Richie, if it matters, uh, I have Richie Grant at uh, number 79 in my IDP top 100. Now, be be mindful. You can find those on on the Undroppables right now, but be mindful. I haven't, I, I, I did them from scratch probably a month ago. And if anybody knows uh, Chalk or, or Tommy or, or Jax Falcone, he just sent out a message in a group chat. And he was like, we need, to, you need to update your rankings. And I felt bad, but I'm not a guy who, who tinkers and, you know, updates my rankings, you know, 
every week. So be mindful. I'm going to update this again sometime this week. I would imagine Richie Grant will, will see a bump, but I don't think it's considerable where you need to pay attention to. So right now, as I said, rookie safety in Atlanta, Richie Grant is number 79 in my top 100 space ghost. Well, he's falling at 81 on the list I'm looking at. So okay, you're not, so uh, not maybe, maybe, uh, Chuck needs to chill out with that asking for updates. Uh-huh. It was Jax. To be fair, it was Jax, not Chuck. Oh, even worse. Even worse. Come on, Jax. What can you um, do? <laughs> so Victor here is asking, how concerned are you for the injury history of Jalen Phillips? He already had retirement during college and to a lesser extent, Caleb Farley. Yeah, no, so if I'm going to touch on Caleb Farley real quick, if I may. So the Caleb Farley one, uh, I think was, we were all kind of on pins and needles during the draft day. I believe, should have looked into this, I apologize. I believe Caleb Farley didn't play. You know, I think he opted out and he didn't play uh, his senior season. I mean, if he did, I look like a fool, but I think he did. Uh, maybe double check that as I'm talking here. But Caleb Farley, we were all pin- on pins and needles during the draft because if he was, let's say, 100% healthy and never had like an injury history, he would have been, you know, what, like a top 10 pick, whatever it was. But he, he he fell a little bit. I don't fell a little bit. He was still drafted in the first round, but it just goes to show you the apprehension of other, you know, sports franchises, you know, the, the brass in the front office here about these players. So if a, if a professional football team had, you know, no issue and they drafted him in the first round, then why should we have any issue with drafting him on our team or being a fan of his or or buying his jersey because of an injury? So when you get to the pros, I'd like to think, and again, I'm, I'm just making this up as I go, I'd like to think that the college, you know, staff and the college trainers are pretty damn good. I mean, this, these are D1 schools and all that, but when you get into the NFL, it's like everything opens up and you have the best, you know, doctors and you get the, the best care that you can. So I have no issue with Caleb Farley this season. Uh, if you look at uh, he working his way back from an ACL injury, that's what it was. Oh, no, that was probably a Dupree from what I'm looking at. But Caleb Farley, yeah, he's had some, that was Bud Dupree, excuse me. So I'm, I'm getting off track here. But I, again, I have no issue with, with Caleb Farley in terms of his injury history. And when it comes to Jalen Phillips, I believe he went to Tennessee off the top of my head. And again, w- with him and Farley, so Phillips and Farley, it's, you know, th- those defensive positions as rookies, they're not really expected to to come and light the world on fire. It's not like, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson who are expected to shoulder the whole load of the organization here. So these two kids, actually all defensive rookies, unless you're, you know, a world beater like Chase Young here, you're not expected to do a ton. Just find your rhythm, you know, show up to practice. We'll get you reps. We'll get you help. And you can kind of start slow. And I expect both uh, of those kids, Phillips and Caleb Farley, to kind of, you know, start slow, get acclimated to to, to playing in the pros, the, the faster speed and all that. So, again, I have no issues with, with either one for injuries. And to be fair, uh, I, I always – I don't want to say I hate talking injuries, but I, I kind of – I'd be a fool not to say that that I don't think about it, but I put it in the back of my mind. These kids are they've had all this time off from the season last season in college to now where they should be a hundred percent. So the slate is wiped clean in my eyes. That's what I think I'm getting at. 
And you were correct in saying that Caleb Farley did not play in the 2020 season. Phillips went to the Dolphins. Thank you, Blabberum, too. Uh, yes, there we go. So questions that answered all around. There we are. Um, great answer for the question as well. Um, we'll skip along to the next one here. Um, actually, let's go ahead and do that. You've gotten to Dutch's a few times already. Um, which rookie wide receiver are you thinking will lead the draft class and targets at the end of the season? Now, this is a great question, and, and to be honest, it's it's great, but it's pretty easy. I mean, to me, it's Jamar Chase, and I wrote down all the major receivers, so if you bear with me here, even the, the top stud running backs like Harrison, ETN, I wrote down what, what I projected for, for targets for them, but I have Jamar Chase at about 125-ish targets. His rookie year, Najee, about 60 targets. Kyle Pitts is close at like 109, 110. The next closest wide receiver would probably be Devonta Smith in Philly, 114, 115. I have Jalen Waddell at uh, about 106, somewhere along those lines. And then if you read down the list, Terrace Marshall in, in Carolina, 75. Rondale Moore in Arizona, 75. Elijah Moore in New York as a Jet. I have him for about 95, 96 give or take there so to be honest with you there's no one you know aside from from Pitts that's really scratching the surface or, or going to get close to chase here I mean Amari Rogers in Green Bay have for 35 Diami Brown in Washington 30 Kadarius Tony in New York 80 so to me it would be Jamar Chase uh Devonta Smith uh Kyle Pitts and then what I say yeah Waddle is 106 and you know Elijah Moore in New York about 94. And so I guess that answers my question of who finishes with the most targets in the Bengals wide receiver room as well, or is that a different answer? No, that, that would be a different answer. I, if you uh, give me a minute, I can talk. And as I said, uh, I have Jamar Chase at 124. And let me type in what I have for Boyd and what I have for Higgins. Shouldn't take but uh, two seconds. So I have Boyd. He had 110 last year. I have Boyd for about 120-ish targets this coming season. If we look at T, we know when Burrow is healthy, he loves looking at T. Higgins. So I have T. Higgins right right about the same as Chase. They're both going to be you know, battling, and it's going to be about 100 124, 125 a pop there. Now, the next logical question, I know someone will ask it because I'm thinking it. Well, if you have all three guys at 124, you know, 130, how many, you know, passing attempts do you have for Joe Burrow? Well, I have him for almost 600 passing attempts. I have him right at like 595, but he'll only complete about, you know, 390, 395 there, but almost 4,200 passing yards here. So that, that the air assault in, in Cincinnati should be fantastic. And I want any and all pieces there, Space Ghost. And how many pieces of the Joe Mixon hype train would you like to have along with that then? I wouldn't mind Joe Mixon, you know, as of late, you know, people are always, if you look at social media, specifically Twitter, you, there's always waves. I've always said that there's ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs, you ride out a wave and then bam, it's gone. But Joe Mixon right now, it's just all nonsense about Joe Mixon. We don't want him. Where is he at in your rankings? Ba ba ba. And it is what it is. But uh, my projections for 2021 with Joe Mixon are about 260 carries. I, know, I mean, that's unbelievably fantastic. If you look at last year uh 
tons of injuries and it was not good. He only had 119 carries, but this coming season, I have him for about 260, uh, just over a thousand yards, close to 1,080, something like that. Average about four yards a pop seven. I have him for about 10 total touchdowns, seven or eight on the ground. And then you, you can add in, you know, with a margin of error two maybe three in the air. So Joe Mixon to me is, uh, is unbelievably, uh, talented. And I want ever any and all pieces of, of, Joe Mixon I have looking at my rankings if it matters uh which again as I said we're 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 done fresh and clean about a month ago I have Mixon number 36 in my ranks uh just above Terry McLaurin just below Antonio Gibson at 36 and that's a great segue into the next question of Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel we've seen them both with some subpar QB play but with the new Fitzmagic era coming into full force, um, what are you expecting out of both of them? Well, Terry is, if you look, I'm, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said already, so it's not. I'm not going to say anything profound here. But if you look at Terry McLaurin last year, he was kind of quarterback-proof, matchup-proof, quarterback-proof, however you want to put it. He played with, what, three I think two or three different quarterbacks and he, he he got the job job done regardless 134 targets 87 receptions uh 1118 yards I think oh, the touchdowns is what hurt he only scored uh four times there but if you look ahead here Terry I'll, I'll get I have projections done for all three of these boys because uh, again thank you for letting me see these questions in advance I have Terry for a hundred and like 45 targets which would be about 10 or 11 more targets than last season about five or six more catches 92 receptions almost 1300 yards here he'll fall like 20 25 yards short of 1200 total reception yards six touchdowns so you're seeing a you're going to see a massive bump uh from terry mclaurin i i you know massive you know 25 here 25 there but at the end of the season you're looking at about 30 or 40 more ppr points than he did last than he had excuse me last season when you look at curtis samuel he he broke out last year and let's be honest because Carolina figured out the best way to use him as a gadget guy. And there's no harm in being a gadget guy. If someone were on Twitter were to say, well, you're Chris Robin, you're a, you're a a fantasy football gadget guy. Well, good. That means, you know, you you know, a little bit of everything. So last season, uh, Curtis had 97 targets, only caught 77 of them. I expect more tar. I expect again, like 10 or 12 more targets, but about the same amount of receptions, about 20 more yards this coming year, 875, 880. 80 here in in more touchdowns i have him for about six or seven total touchdowns and last year he only scored five times so again uh you're looking at probably if, if with the addition and subtraction of the stats across the board targets reception yards you're looking at almost an identical year it went when all is said and done in terms of total points this coming season, which is what we'll take, right? You you don't mind the kind of a, a same year. At least there's not a dip. And when you get to Ryan Fitzpatrick here, I have him for an astronomical uh, positive in terms of y- almost 2,000 more yards I have for him, well over 4,000 yards, uh, 22 total touchdowns in the air, four on the ground. So you're looking at about 25 to 26 total touchdowns for Fitzpatrick. So last season in PPR leagues, 
Fitzy only had about 150 points, you know, in, in PPR or, or Superflex, however you want to do it. And this year, he's going to blow that out of the water, another 110, 120 more points. So I'm looking for Fitz at almost 270-ish uh, points at the end of the year. So I love this combo as well. And all three of them, you know, the, the secret is out on them. So I don't, I, I, I hesitate to say you can get them on the cheap, especially uh, Terry McLaurin, but all three are very doable on your fantasy team. If, if you're into that kind of thing, stacking from the same team, kind of the, the DFS mantra space ghost. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, we, we've seen Terry McLaurin succeed previously. Um, and David Montgomery, we saw a little bit of that late season last year do you think he sustains that going into this year or is he being overdrafted at his relevant adp i don't i don't think he's being overdrafted i don't have his uh, adp information in front of me i'm sure i could find it real quick maybe uh statbot could put that would be sweet if statbot could post that up if that's possible but david montgomery you know the, the knock on him and i've talked about him all over the place. I've talked about David Montgomery till I've been blue in the face. And the biggest knock on him, as I was alluding to, is, well, he he finished as what? RB4, RB5, something along those lines. But, well, you, you got to, people love to to take away from people. He did that because the, the, the second half of the season or the last six or seven games of the year, he played some of the worst defenses in the league. Well, so what? That, like, that's what, that's what good teams and that's what good players or, you know, solid players do. You take advantage of bad matchups. If you can exploit that, then th- that's that's all that matters, right? I mean, I, I get very excited about it because I don't see how you can knock a player for performing very well against a bad matchup. That's why we play fantasy football. That's why we play, D- play DFS is to exploit bad matchups. And David Montgomery did that a ton last year. And again, he had 247 carries last year. I expect about the same same workload last year. And again, talk about a guy with almost identical projections this year and what he did last year. I have David Montgomery around the same kind of numbers here. But if you look at well, the only thing that I expect to come down is his receiving yards, his receptions and his receiving yards. So in PPR leagues, you're going to get... Uh, you're going to lose out on some points. Last year he had 54 receptions, 438 yards, something like that, two touchdowns. And this year, still have him for like a healthy 40 receptions with just 300 yards. So you're you're getting a, a like 120 yards less, and you're getting you know almost let's just say give and take 18 receptions. And in PPR leagues, that's 18 points. Those 150 yards are you know another 15 points. So he finished with I think 260 ish. PPR points last season and look for him to be around 220 this coming season. So again, is he being overdrafted? I don't think so. Are people placing a high importance on David Montgomery? Sure. That's the only wrong thing that we're doing here, saying that David Montgomery is going to be a top 10 running back. I don't expect that, but at where you can get him, absolutely. Give me David Montgomery, please. Yeah, and you can see Statbot telling us he's fallen in between the 4.8 to 5.7 to 4.4, depending on what platform you're looking at. So, um, yeah, pretty spot 44, on. yeah, th- this is great. Statbot is fantastic. I need to uh, dig into that. That's great. You say the word and bam, you clap, and Statbot has you. So, yeah, ESPN, as you said, like 
almost the end of round four and you know 5.7 on on uh my fantasy league and then yahoo almost the same thing so and I'm those are good those that, are good i those I'm are bet, fantastic i'm willing to bet that the 55 is being pushed down because more people are playing Superflex on mfl so yeah and like um, so the first 15 picks are like 10 of those are probably quarterbacks mm-hmm. um and another question from a man dutch which low ADP receivers have the potential for triple-digit targets this season? Well, I was, I'll be honest with you, about an hour ago, I was looking into this. This question very was very interesting to me. It intrigued me. And the first one that popped up in my mind, and then I actually looked into it, is Cortland Sutton in Denver. Now, last season, you know, uh, he only had six targets, three receptions, didn't do anything because he tore up his, his knee. So if you look at this year, this coming year, the, the biggest question in Denver is they have, I, I, I can't stand I'm pulling my hair. I don't even have hair, and I'm pulling it out. I can't stand the the too many mouths to feed mantra. But if ever there was a case it could be had, it's in Denver. Sutton, Judy, K.J. Hamler, Noah Font. Now you got Javante Williams, a rookie, and you have Melvin Gordon. So there is plenty of talent, offensive talent there. But Cortland Sutton is going to command a, a ton of, of work there. I have him for about 125-ish targets, which is last time I, that's triple digits. So 125 targets. 70-ish reception, reception, excuse me, over a thousand yards, and you're looking at seven or eight touchdowns for him. Another guy is Odell Beckham. Is he or is he not? Right, that was another question I saw in this chat. So we can kill two birds with one stone here. ODB, have we seen his bet? I always ask this question of myself, not not rarely to anybody, but when someone is comparing two people. You know, if it's Dynasty, uh, would you rather have ODB or Kenny Galladay? And the first question I asked myself is, well, have we seen ODB's best season as a professional? Have we seen Kenny Galladay's best season as a professional? And when it comes to Odell Beckham, I think we have. That's safe to say. Odell Beckham lit the world on fire in New York with that one-handed catch. And bop, 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 we go from there. And very underwhelming. But the biggest question with ODB is, or OBJ, excuse me. I always call him ODB from the Wu Tang Clan. Oh, dirty bastard! But I'm not going to correct you on that. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Thank you. I wouldn't even, make. I wouldn't even noticed it. But he returned. He's going to be back for in Cleveland for his third season. And it, the biggest question is, as I've said a few times now, will he or won't he? Well, where, no matter where you get him, uh, he's. Uh, what do I have I, right now? I think I have him like 26 as my 26 wide receivers. I'd probably bump him down to 30, whatever. But I have him for triple digit targets. And that's, you know, obviously that'll be the case if Odell Beckham can play, you know, 16 games. I don't even know if he's ever played all 16 games. But again, Odell Beckham, I think we've seen his best season as a pro. Doesn't mean that uh, he, he's completely expendable on your fantasy football teams, but uh, be mindful of that. Another guy I want to mention is Brandon Cooks. So he's in Texas. He's had, I believe, this is off by memory. I don't have it in front of me. It'd take too long to look up here. But I believe Brandon Cooks. Cooks, he's had over a thousand yards every season as a professional wide receiver. To be fair, I think he's only missed one, maybe his 
second year, if I remember correctly. But Brandon Cooks, oh, I have him for, he had 119 targets last year. I have him for 125 to 130 this coming year. And his ADP is probably, nobody cares about Brandon Cooks. He's being drafted seriously, you know, in, in the double-digit rounds, 10, 11, 12. And sometimes I've seen him fall to 13 or 14th round. Nobody pays attention to Cooks, and that's fine. He's a late, now I don't want to say late round, but his ADP is so suppressed where you're going to get triple digit targets out of a guy like Brandon Cooks and maybe one or two more I can give you Lavishka Chenault I know the you know the mystique is still there people are talk about being overdrafted or overhyped it's Lavishka Chenault but rightfully so I have him for about 120 targets Robbie Anderson in Carolina another guy who's you know if you're in a 10 team redraft league there's some cases where Robbie Anderson isn't even being drafted and I'm not kidding I'm not making that up for you know to be a weirdo or to, to get likes or, or whatever. Robbie Anderson is just an afterthought. Nobody cares. Nobody pays attention to him. He had 136 targets last year. I have him for about the same this coming year, 133 to 135. So uh, those are the wide receivers off the top of my head that I'd like in terms of, of triple digit targets that are, are low on, on ADP Jarvis Landry as well. Will Fuller, 105 toe on the line hollywood brown right there to 105 something along those lines cole beasley uh we won't even mention that the covid stuff but i have him for 105 targets Corey davis 105 ish and then that's where you that's the cutoff right there that's when it when you go from Corey davis at like 105 at like 105 or 106 is as i've said and then you, you go off a cliff and then the next guy is mike williams in la he's right there at like 97 or 98 so uh those are the the, the wide receivers that i could see with triple digit targets that uh you can get fairly uh easily on the cheap let's say fact checking you on a few things there we have brandon cooks finishing all but two seasons with over a thousand yards his rookie year and then 2019 he uh one of those years i think dealing with some concussion stuff too yeah yeah that was close enough so uh yeah you were uh very close on that one close enough and odell beckham uh same thing uh but both seasons that he didn't finish with over a thousand yards uh injuries injuries so yeah Again, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Odell Beckham has ever played a full sixteen game season. Oh, and that would be. While you're looking that up, one more that just popped to my mind: Michael Gallup in Dallas. You know, now that Dak is back, we saw. I mean, that that's an old tired argument. I won't, you know go way crazy on that because that's what everybody says with Dak is around you know you, you can count Michael Gallup back in and I, I agree he, even though Gallup had 105 targets last season I expect uh about 112 115 targets this coming year and a considerable amount more touchdowns seven or eight here compared to I think five last year so Michael Gallup as well Space Ghost um 2016 he started 16 games as well as wow. 2019, he played uh, 16 games, but didn't start one of them. Uh, and the, but neither of those seasons were his like record-setting season or career records. So I don't think, yeah. like you said, the. I mean, no hurdle. offense. I I don't I don't dislike 
uh, I'm just going to start calling. I don't dislike ODB in, in Cleveland. He's just a guy that, uh, you know, for personal personally speaking i'm just not a fan of all the nonsense all the dancing and uh, doing all and again maybe that makes me a like an old man or a weirdo but I, as a fantasy football player i'm allowed to make those decisions i am the gm of my own team i'm allowed to you know cut and add guys as i see fit and i just don't want uh, odell beckham on my team kind of the same thing like amari cooper or alshon jeffrey if you remember him these guys are they're just hell to own and not because of their personal antics off the field but on on the the gridiron you never know what you're going to get from them they're like especially Amari Cooper he's a damn good wide receiver very good you know football player but it just it's nuts to me that you know one game he'll he'll for first play of the game he'll tweak an ankle and then he sits and then you get a zero in your lineup so then he all week you got the the game time decision tag and you're like well he screwed me last week I'm not going to put him in my starting roster then that's the week he scores three times and goes over 100 yards. So they're, the, some of these guys, they're just hell to own. I, I wrote a an entire series of articles on it, and those three guys come to my mind. Mm. Let's uh, pivot away from the hell to own guys and some studly oh. gentlemen like, uh, let's start with Dondre Hopkins here. Can he soar even higher? And as Cardinals encore, pun intended. Absolutely. And that's my answer, too. Absolutely. So last season, he had 160 targets. Unbelievably. Oh, that's so good. That's so nice. Caught 115 passes, uh, 1,400 yards, six touchdowns. And again, another guy, uh, this is like a running theme here, but I'm being honest. I'm being open and honest with all of you. I can I see almost the exact same season for him in 2021 couple more targets, maybe, you know, so give or take 113, 115 receptions. I don't think he quite gets to 1,400 yards, but it'll be close. 1,375, 1,380, somewhere in there. Almost identical yards per catch. Last year was 12.2. This year, same thing, 12.2, 12.5. And I, I could, ex- I realistically, I could see uh, D-Hop getting, you know, to eight or nine touchdowns. And last year he had six. So I, you're looking for, I, I'm seeing a better season for him but it's in terms of is he going to soar above and beyond and do better but well in what sense i have more touchdowns i have a little bit more uh, targets about the same receptions and the only drop off here is yards by like 25 or 30 so if you're if you're going to minus 25 yards but you're going to add a couple more touchdowns then i'd say yeah that that's a that's a, a better season than last year and that's just me ghost and Blaine's popping in the chat asking who you have finishing better in full PPR, Ridley or Hopkins. Full point PPR, Ridley or Hopkins. So as I let's let's talk through it real quick. So again, uh, Blaine, if you want to write this down, feel free. Uh, in 2021, I have D Hop at about let's just call it 162 targets. He'll catch 115. Uh, yardage will be uh, 1,375. He'll score eight touchdowns. So you're looking at just shy of 300 points 300 ppr points 295 something along those lines so let's uh look at ridley then so if you look at 292 and so i have kelvin ridley for about 150 targets 95 ish catches uh, about almost the exact same yardage 1380 1375 eight touchdowns as well seven or eight touchdowns 
whatever margin of error here, but I have him for about uh, 280 PPR fantasy points. So if you look at the two, it, it's going to be separated by probably 10 or 12 uh, PPR points at the end of the day. And that has to do with receptions, right? The receptions are 95 to, I believe I said, or excuse me, the yardage is the same. Uh, the receptions look about, uh, let me type uh, Hopkins back in, if you don't mind me uh, while I'm figuring this out here. So realistically, the difference is, is about 10 points so uh give me hopkins but either or right so again give me hopkins but a difference of 10 points that makes it uh with the margin of error here it's almost like identical here so to answer your question very long-winded way i apologize for hanging in there i have d hop finishing stronger and higher than ridley by about 10 points I don't mind you being a wordsmith about it as long as it's well spoken. So uh, Thank you. D- don't don't hinder yourself there. Um, does Kirk Cousins have another level to reach? Oh boy! You know, I was on. Uh, I believe it was Sunday Sunday morning. It was a fantastic podcast uh, with three guys. One guy is a uh, Minnesota Vikings fan, and the other two, I believe, were Chicago Bears fans. And we talked about that's what we did. We went over the NFC North, so we talked about each team. And as the as the podcast host saved Minnesota for last. And I believe I, I shared it and I talked about Kirk Cousins and I don't know what other level, you know, Kirk Cousins could reach by Matthew Stafford leaving to LA. Kirk Cousins is now the de facto uh, QB one in the North, which is painful, painful for me to say, but here we are. So if you look at what he did last year, un- look at the, what he did last year, 35 touchdowns, one on the ground. He threw 13 interceptions, but so well, the touchdown to interception ratio isn't a big deal. 4,200 yards. So again, I think he had uh about 350 completions, 349, somewhere in those. And again, these are all off the top of my head because I just talked about it on Sunday here. And if you look at 2021, I, now I have this in front of me. I Again, almost an identical season. The only thing that's going to drop down are his touchdowns, and rightfully so. 35 touchdowns for a quarterback is, that's, you know, superstar status, right? Most quarterbacks, serviceable quarterbacks are in the, you know, mid twenties, like 24, 25 touchdown passes is a fantastic season. Any way you slice it, both fantasy and real life format. So Kirk cousins, uh, is there another level to be reached? Well, sure. You, the same could be said about me. Same could be said about you. We can always, you know, try and be better. There's always another level to, to reach, but will it be achieved? Yes and no. And I don't see Kirk cousins achieving uh, a greater level than what he did last season. And again, I'm not putting the guy down. That's not a knock on Kirk cousins, but last season was so unbelievably good where it's last season might go down as the best season of his career. And again, that's fantastic here. So if you look at it, you know, the Vikings offense last year, check this one out. The Vikings offense tied for fifth in the NFL last season with total touchdowns, 55 total touchdowns in 2020. That is unbelievably awesome, especially in the NFC North like that, which is AKA known as the black and blue division, but uh, Kirk cousins, is there another level to be achieved? Absolutely. As I said, same could be said for all of us. Will it be achieved? No. Kirk cousins will still have a fantastic season, but uh, not, uh, not in terms of, of touchdown passes, 28 this year compared to 35 last year. 
And staying on the topic of quarterbacks for just a second, Chipmunk Five here in the uh, listening along with us. Thank you for being here tonight, Chipmunk. Yeah, thanks, Chipmunk. Um, he's saying that the past three years he's had some fantastic luck drafting Kyler, Lamar, and Mahomes all at great values in their incoming years. Um, As his, rookies, you're saying? Yes. So okay. his spidey senses are tingling about Trey Lance. Is he crazy? Oh, oh, not at all. I, I mean, I like the way you phrase that. To be, uh, if I was Chipmunk, I would put that in a social media the bio. Like he, he. I, I mean, granted, uh, Kyler Murray was the first overall pick, so it's not like you'd be like alone in saying Kyler Murray is going to be fantastic. But to be able to see that and then have the the wherewithal to make that move to draft them, and you're on a pretty special run here. Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Lamar are are top they're all three what top five quarterbacks i mean i have lamar um I, i'd prefer justin herbert but that's another conversation for another day here but when it comes to trey lance yeah i'm with you i'm with uh spidey or chipmunk excuse me spidey senses chipmunk a lot of being thrown here but trey lance uh, he i don't know if uh I'll, I'll reference the most recent string of videos we've seen from from 49ers camp where this kid is is just He's just hauling off and he's throwing the ball 50, 60 yards and dropping it in a bucket and a, and a, a receiver running full speed into the end zone, like you're into the corner of the end zone or right at the, at the goal line there. And if you look at the throwing motion here, you know, it, the one thing I would, I remember is I was able to watch Kyle Allen, you know, Buffalo's, uh, quarterback Kyle Allen I was able to watch his uh at the combine in person in Indianapolis and he was he Josh Allen excuse me from Wyoming right and the 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 whole thing about him was it was like a circus this kid has uh, one of the bigger arms we've ever seen and at the combine he proved like he threw that sucker 60 yards and it looked effortless and he Trey Lance is kind of reminding me of of Kyle Allen in Buffalo so he the kid is just bombing the football and it looks effortless. You're not seeing, again, I'm not a pro scout, right? I'm just like a, a fan, a casual fan when it comes to scouting or arm angles and all arm slots. Now we get into baseball here. But Trey Lance, to me, it's the, the motion there is so effortless. And to be fair, it doesn't look like the, it's causing a lot of strain on his shoulder and a lot of, not a lot of strain on his elbow, which are huge. So that the arm, uh, you, you talk about tread on the tires, a.k.a. the legs of running backs. Well, the quarterback, that's what they have. They have their arm. Like that's their, you know, what they're supposed to do. And to me, Trey Lance, at how young he is and the throwing motion there, it looks fantastic. And again, I, I it makes me you know, warm and fuzzy inside. It give, it's giving me spidey sense, just like uh, he was saying here. So Trey Lance could be the next up-and-coming stud uh, quarterback here. And again, we know we have... Um, What's his name? Trevor Lawrence and, and Zach Wilson here. And again, those are questions for another day. But to be fair, I love what I've seen from Trey Lance in just a short amount of time. I mean, OTAs and summer camps have just started and they've only been going, what, two, three weeks maybe. But Trey Lance and his throwing motion are unbelievably sexy. So I, I would do anything I could to have Trey Lance on my fantasy teams for the long haul. There we go. Um, we're going to kill two birds with one stone with this next question, and that is regarding, let's see here, just lost it. Um, 
the Julio addition to the Titans offense, why is Ron Tannehill not being more highly talented than he already is? It's plain and simple. Brian Tannehill is not being talked about as he should be because it's Ryan Tannehill. You know, in, in, if we play fantasy sports, DFS or seasonal, redraft, dynasty, whatever, it's always what have you done for me lately, right? Now, I know that sounds silly because Ryan Tannehill has been awesome for us lately, the last two years. thirty-eight Over 3,800 yards last year, 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. He, he, he carried the ball. He had seven rushing touchdowns last year as well, so 40 total touchdowns. And nobody uh, really bats an eye because it's Ryan Tannehill. He's in Tennessee. Uh, you look at that. When I say, I'm Space Ghost, let me ask you a question real quick in my whole thing. When you think of the Tennessee Titans, what's the first thing you think of? Run first. Absolutely. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's going to get 300, um, you know, rushing attempts, you know, 2000 yards. I mean, it's insane here. So when you look at Ryan Tannehill, yeah, he had 378 carries last season. That's insane for a running back. And he rewarded us with 2000 yards here. But when you go back to Tannehill, people get kind of, uh, you know, scared about that. They see, well, if, if 370 of their, their total plays are going to be, uh, rushing attempts, then that cuts my quarterback's workload in half. Ryan Tannehill had 481 attempts last season. So he was on the field for 481 passing attempts. And then when you add in the 370 that uh, Derrick Henry had, so you're looking at what? 700, 800, almost probably 800 total plays, give or take there. So half of those were given to a running back and the other bit gets to Ryan Tannehill. Nobody's talking about him because of that simple fact. I know my math is shoddy there, just kind of talking in hypotheticals here, but people don't talk about Tannehill because he's not uh he's not on the marquee at Madison Square Garden. There's not Gatorade commercials with him and, and Patrick Mahomes, and he's not on covers of, of video games. This business of football is fickle. It's shallow. It's what can we promote the hardest what can we well, how can we get the most bang for our buck and Tannehill is you know he's just there right Patrick Mahomes is a stud right Tom Brady's 50 and still winning Super Bowl so when you look at Ryan Tannehill he's just kind of there but that's good for people like us who live and breathe this stuff Ryan Tannehill is a massive buy he's a massive draft given his ADP so again that's the reason why nobody talks about Tannehill because when it's all said and done the NFL and fantasy football is a business Ryan Tannehill isn't really a uh a, a, a crazy marketable kind of quarterback. So the casual fan, kids in middle school, kids in elementary school that are playing pickup ball in the backyard, they're not wearing Ryan Tannehill jerseys. They're not buying Madden games with Ryan Tannehill on there. And to be fair, it trickles down to us on, on social media and it trickles down to us who draft and talk fantasy football all the time. Agreed on all points there. Um, and let's, uh, Go back to uh, my man, uh, oh, I just saw it, Phil here. I saw his question, and I'm going to say yes right off the bat. Jalen Hurts is, is fan. I, I can't express <laughs> how much that I'm looking forward to Jalen Hurts this season. So much so, I put my money where my mouth is. About two weeks, now I would, excuse me, I would say about five or six days before the actual NFL draft, I, I sold off 
all my other quarterbacks. It's a, not standard scoring, but it's not a super flex. So it's full point PPR, 14 team, uh, full IDP as well. So you can only, realistically, you can only start one quarterback. And I had Jalen Hurts. I had Ryan Tannehill. And I had, I believe it was uh, Matthew Stafford. I sold Tanny and Stafford for an unbelievable haul of draft picks, which I turned into a gold mine. Talk about that another time. But what I'm paint the paint the picture I'm painting right now is I put all my trust into Jalen Hurts as my starting quarterback on my most important fantasy team this coming year, a week before the draft. And now we know that Philly had what did they have? They had the tenth pick and they or twelfth pick or some seven. So I screw me. I know they and then they traded up if I'm not mistaken too. Holding my breath, they didn't draft a quarterback, so I was safe and sound after the draft. I can't wait to see what Hurts can do this season. I have him for over 300 PPR points, right? Superflex, however you want to slice it. Over 300 fantasy points this coming season. About uh he's going to get a ton of work, I'm telling you guys. Four 545 attempts, he'll complete 335 of those just shy of 4,000 passing yards, 21-ish touchdowns, and then the carries is what's going to really boost his value here. I have him for about 130-ish carries, almost 700, maybe 800 yards, and he's going to score on the ground six or seven times. So 21 or 22 touchdowns. Let's, like, let's just round up. 22 touchdowns plus eight touchdowns on the ground. You're looking at 30 total touchdowns from Hertz this coming season. So uh, I, I'm my fingers are crossed, my toes are crossed, and I'm very excited to see Jalen Hurts this year in Philadelphia. And in turn, all the receivers get kind of get a bump here. The only bummer would be the running back. If you're telling me that uh, Jalen Hurts is going to carry the ball 130 times, going to rack up 700 yards, seven or eight touchdowns, then that, that would be a bummer for Miles Sanders. But that's okay. You, there's ways around that here. So give me all the Jalen Hurts I can handle this coming year. All right, all right. And I uh, did not previously talk about this with you, but I've got a hard out at 20 after tonight. So I want to skip around for a few questions because we definitely need to hit IDP uh, while sure. I've got you in the room. And uh, I want to get to a few of these folks here in chat that have also dropped questions that I haven't gotten to yet. So if you will, let's uh, do a little jumping around here. Um, Chipolo Polo, which of Lance Fields and Mac Jones do you expect to see the to, do you expect to see the field earliest and most often this year, and which one do you think has the most pressure facing them to succeed? So, so you said Fields, Lance, and who is and the third one? Mac Jones. Oh, Mac Jones. Okay. <clears throat> so of the three, I would expect uh, Justin Fields to play first fairly, fairly early on in the season. I could see a case where Fields, uh, you know, Andy Dalton will start the first game and I could see a case where Andy Dalton starts the second game. Chicago is getting just beat up and, and boom. In comes Justin Fields in the second half of the of week two, and bam, he never relinquishes it. I think that uh, Trey Lance will be uh, probably along the same lines here. I don't know what the heck they're going to do with Jimmy Jimmy G here, but I think in 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 San Francisco, 
they have uh, better assets. Their defense is, is top-notch, you know, Super Bowl caliber defense. So there's a lot less pressure on the organization of San Francisco to kind of, you know, thrust Trey Lance into position, right? Same thing in New England. We know Bill Belichick and what he does. They have Cam Newton who looked God awful last season. If you've seen any of his highlights so far this year, he's still short hopping it. He don't look right. But I believe that, you know, the way Bill Belichick is and that organization in New England, they're going to, Mac Jones is going to be a star, but we might have to wait a season. And that's okay with me. So to answer your question, it would go Fields is going to start first, then Lance right behind him. And then Mac Jones might not see the field much this coming year. And in terms of pressure, I would say that Lance would have the most pressure here because the San Francisco is they're ready to win now right they they were just a few years removed from a Super Bowl they're ready to do it again like they're only one or two pieces away i.e a quarterback so Trey Lance could you know maybe put those guys over the top in San Francisco in Chicago there's little to no pressure there there's not much expected of the Chicago Bears you know in terms of you know short term they're looking long term here in New England less pressure is on Mac Jones because it's the New England Patriots they they win and they get it done whether you like it or not we never see it coming and here we are so hopefully that that makes sense absolutely it does um and we're going to keep on going down to Sprinkle Stick, also in the crowd. Shout out Sprinkle Stick. Always hey, Sprinkle here for Stick. The EMAs. Uh, cool, a player man. that you're itching to grab at their ADP. Can't get your hands on fast enough. Oh, wow. I would say probably, if I'm looking at my rankings right now, uh, Brandon Ayuk is a big one for me. Uh, everybody is, uh, you know, they prefer uh Debo Samuel I'd prefer Brandon Ayuk the the biggest one to me and hopefully uh you guys can agree guys and girls whatever can agree here I've been ringing this bell or, or banging this drum for a while now and it's picked up some steam Austin Eckler is nobody gives a crap about Austin Eckler and he's going to see a ton of work last year that 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 freak groin injury and it ripped off the bone or whatever happened that's that's a freak thing it wasn't like uh i tackled or he's soft all these weird soft tissue injuries you know austin eckler is going to be a stud for us this season and, and he's being drafted well outside of the top 10 at running backs i mean it's insane to me i've seen mocks and everybody's doing the the scott fishbowl and everybody's mocking 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 and no his adp mike evans his adp hasn't even budged really it's it's insane and chipmunk in the chat hot take keelan allen keenan allen is washed i don't agree keenan allen is another wide receiver who's going to be an absolute ppr monster with just and Herbert as their quarterback. Hopefully, Chipmunk got five. I'll send you some videos. But man, Keenan Allen, there's been some videos of him in the last few weeks running routes, and he's making his own team look silly. He's making his own, you know, uh, defensive backs look stupid and they're 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 falling on the ground pissed and they're falling on the ground laughing because keenan allen is just unbelievably good so give me keenan allen uh give me austin eckler and again to, like if you're in a super flex league give me all the daniel jones i can handle and give me all the sam darnold i can handle too two guys that in super flex leagues are you know eighth ninth round in a super flex draft that's saying something where the top 20 quarterbacks are done and gone in the first two or three rounds so those four guys space ghost excellent and uh t money 
big Colts fan in the chat wants to know how do you feel about Wentz and Pittman this season? I love him. I, I love I love Wentz, and here's my thing with Wentz. Now, when you talk about Wentz, was a uh, he? I think again, take this with a grain of salt. I don't know Carson Wentz. Is nothing you know uh, X's and X's and O's related here, but Wentz looked demoralized, and I think it was because of Doug Peterson in Philadelphia completely, you know, ruined his, his attitude and he ruined his confidence because he always had, you know, Jalen Hurts kind of behind him. And there would be games kind of like Tua, Tua Tagovailoa in Miami, where Tua would come in and they, they'd give him the, the first series or the first half and then boom, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, finished out the game. But then the next week, Tua was the QB1 again. It, it's not good for, for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback like Tua, to, to be hit like that in their confidence. Same thing with Carson Wentz. They really tossed him, tossed him around in Philadelphia and it created a condition, right? I'm not a doctor, therapist, sure, but I'm not a medical doctor. And he had the yips. Now I know that's not a medical term, but the yips is is for you know like third baseman or kickers where they just can't get it right, and it's like a, a tick in their head. Carson Wentz is the same way. So when he goes, he's already there in Indianapolis. He's just working out with the first team, and he's the guy. He's their QB one, and I firmly believe that Carson Wentz will you know that confidence will come back even greater than it was when he had that insane year in Philadelphia. So Carson Wentz at a discount. Absolutely. And then when you turn our, your attention to Pittman here, another guy, no, he's like an afterthought. I've seen a lot of trades, screenshots of trades on, on social media, even in the leagues I'm playing. And as it stands right now, Michael Pittman has been relegated to kind of a throw-in, right? I want to do, I'll trade you Patrick Mahomes for Dak Prescott, and I'll throw in, De or I'll give you Delvin Cook and JT. I'll, I'll throw in Michael Pittman Jr. It's a mistake. Michael Pittman with a healthy firing on all cylinders, Carson Wentz is going to be good, right? I have him for, uh, if I can look it up here, still, I don't think the breakout happens in his sophomore year, but that's okay. It's, his sophomore year is going to be very serviceable. I think the breakout for Pittman happens in year three, and that's fine. Get him now, stash him, whatever. I have Pittman for about 50 to 60 receptions, about 700 yards, 12.5 yards a, a, a reception, and about four or five touchdowns. And again, these numbers are are right now at this moment in time at the end of June. Once we see uh, Wentz in OTAs and, and, and preseason, I'm telling you, this is kind is going to be unbelievable. Dare I say, I rarely say this term, if ever, you know, the, the combo of Wentz and Pittman have the potential to be a, a, a league winner. And that's very early on to say this. And I don't talk that way, but Wentz and Pittman, love it. As a Colts fan myself, uh, I'm not upset to hear you say that at all. Um, let, let's dive into the ADP. Uh, speaking of Colts, uh, Darius Leonard, obviously your linebacker leader. Correct. Right. Um, who's rounding out the rest of the top five? The top five of my IDP. I have it right mm -hmm. in front of me. Give me two seconds. Now, I love doing this IDP stuff. So, to me, I'll read it as, as follows. Uh, Darius Leonard. Devin White. Those are one, one A and one B. I don't think you could, they're interchangeable, but I would prefer Darius Leonard. Now, I, I do I think Devin White uh, is a better linebacker? Sure. 
but not by much. And what, what boosts Darius Leonard over the hump for me is his attitude, that chip on his shoulder, like a fourth or fifth round pick out of Mississippi State or somewhere in the south right there. I've seen a lot of videos of him, you know, back home at his high school with his, with his mom and with his friends. And this guy just gets it. He's a hard worker, and he has that chip on his shoulder. And I love that kind of attitude. Nothing is the attitude of nothing is given, it's all earned. So give me Darius Leonard. Devin White. I would have to go TJ Watt third in, in Pittsburgh. Roquan Smith is, is a massive uh, linebacker for me in Chicago. And then, you know, five, six, seven, even eight is where it gets sticky for me. And when I say sticky, I mean it, it's fun here. So on my rankings right now, I have Nick Bosa, defensive end in San Francisco, fifth. But he's another one. He's kind of he reminds me of, as I was saying, hell to own, like the Amari Coopers. And Nick Bosa is always in and out of the lineup with soft tissue injuries or he'll miss a block of games and it is what it is but right now at this moment in time fully healthy Nick Bosa five Miles Garrett at six which more than likely I'll bump Miles Garrett up right behind Roquan at five uh Chase Young at seven right now in Washington I've talked in length about the Washington football team and their how good their defense is going to be watch out and then Buda Baker at, at number eight nobody really you know he's a he plays on Arizona. He's their safety there, but he's a ball hawk. He's a stud. He's always around the football. He added a visor to his helmet last season. And if you've watched anything on social media, any player that adds a visor is a, gets a huge bump in value because it's kind of you know it adds swag, as the young kids are saying. So give me Buda Baker at eight, Aaron Donald nine. We all know the deal there. And then surprising, you know, I haven't gotten a lot of flack for this one, but Patrick Queen at number ten. You know, going into his 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 sophomore year in Baltimore, going to see an absolute ton of action in that in the middle of that that field for Baltimore Space Coast. And uh, Patrick Queen's up there. How far down the list do you have to go till you find Willie Gay on it? Willie Gay, let me look down. Now he was. Let me tell you something while I'm looking it up because I have it all in front of me. So last year in my my IDP draft, or excuse me, my the 14 team league, I've Again, if this is wrong, you let me know. If this is like against the rules in terms of fantasy football, let me know. But in my, in the 14 team league, I've created an alliance. It's me and two other teams. So there's three of us there. And uh, we have our own group chat and we talk about moves that we can make. So the three of us, we, you know, we make trades throughout the season from other teams, not our own. And we try and pull you know, the studs or sleepers from other teams to the Alliance. And then if one or two of us need a guy late in the season, it's all on the up and up. We're not, there's no, uh, how do you say this? Uh, what's the term? There's no collusion. The trades aren't, aren't awful, but that's what we do. There's an Alliance. We get a, a group of people, teams, two or three of us, and we, we, we go at it that way. I don't know if that's allowed, but that's what we do. And while I was talking, I found Willie Gay. He's about uh, in the mid fifties for me. Uh, 56, 57, uh, Kansas City linebacker. And again, he is going to be uh, given the keys to to be a starting linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, who we know are perennial Super Bowl contenders. So Willie Gay at his ranking, don't let the ranking fool you. You can get him for the cheap, and he's going to be a set-it-and-forget-it guy on our IDP rosters, meaning you, you set him there week one, and the only time you got to take him out is when he's not playing on a bye week. And, um, no, uh, what you said uh, at the very beginning – about the alliance? 
Yes, that is not collusion as long as you uh, aren't uh, trading with each other. Uh, if you're just getting opinions on, you know, what's good for your team, that's just being friends in a league. So Absolutely. Um, that, that, that's a good tweet I'll send out maybe when we're done here this evening. Talk about the alliance. It's got started. It's it's been the, it's the same like group of ten guys. Uh, there's 14 teams in the football league, but ten of us also play in a dynasty baseball league, and that's where I started it. And the baseball league, the alliance. So the same two guys in the in the baseball alliance have joined me in the football team alliance. There you go. There you go. Teamwork makes a dream work. Absolutely. Um. We touched on uh, health and seeing players, um, you know, seeing full seasons throughout this entire AMA. CJ Mosley, been about two years since we've seen a truly healthy version of him. Now he's got his uh, new defensive scheme and the coaching staff. Are you concerned or you think he's still good to go, feeling any type of way? The way I feel about CJ Mosley is he's one of those guys, like he's a high motor guy, right? He, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't quit, right? He gives, he's the quintessential leave it all on the field kind of player as a young boy, you know, anybody that's ever played organized football or even baseball, mainly football. I won't even mention baseball, but I can remember that in middle school in elementary school playing peewee football where the coaches were, would say, in the locker room or, you know, leave it all on the field. So when, when you take the helmet off in your home or when the season's over, you can say, you know what, I, I left it all on the field. And CJ Mosley strikes me as that kind of player. So I think the guy, he's a, a defensive captain last time I checked and he's, he leaves it all on the field. And those are the kinds of guys I want uh, around my, my, my actual real life football team and also my, my fantasy team. So yeah, CJ Mosley has a lot left uh, to do. Not to uh, deny our man Moncal here listening live. Thank you, Moncal, always in there for the AMAs. Uh, who are some of the IDP guys that are on the older side that are being faded that you think still have a little bit enough or enough gas in the tank to be fancy relevant this year? The first one I would say would be, you know, Derwin James. I don't know how old he is, but uh, he's had, and this is back-to-back years with, you know, season-ending injuries. Last year, he didn't even make the season. He 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 tore his Achilles or his knee up in, in, in spring, and he never played. So I, I'm expecting, you know, Derwin James to have, you know, a ton left in the tank. I mean, I think he's in his mid-20s, which is young, right? But uh, give me Derwin, Derwin James. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, too. He seems like a, a kid or guy that's been around forever. He's with uh, Pittsburgh now, and uh, he's got a lot left to do. And, again, he's like their their anchor, you know, on the, in the backfield for the, the defense here. And even, I would say, you know, uh, Daniel Hunter – or Danielle, Daniel Hunter in Minnesota after a uh, a season-ending injury last year. D. Hunter in Minnesota was, you know, quintessentially a, a top three IDP pick, and he didn't he didn't play in the season. One guy I will mention, I think we need to pay attention to, is Von Miller in Denver. Right, he's he's back, he's ready to go. I've seen videos and photos of him uh, in in Denver, and he looks good, and he's ready to go. And I believe Von is what 32, 33, maybe even thirty four, and that's ancient for a a linebacker or a defensive lineman. So I expect Von Miller to uh, really, 
Yeah, I don't want to say step up. I think wasn't uh, Von Miller a Super Bowl MVP, so he has what it takes here. But uh, I love Von Miller and Tyron Matthew. One more guy I will mention. Been around forever, it seems like. The honey badger. Honey badger don't give a shit or whatever they say. <laughs> I, what What's funny to me is I just was able – it's weird what you come across on, on social media early in the morning when you're alone and you're having coffee and you got a couple minutes to yourself. I saw some – like it was a uh, a hype tape whatever like that colleges would send to you know the, the pro scouts and tyron matthew is a he's a problem and now he, he's back in kansas city doing a ton there so give me uh tyron matthew too older but he's still gonna get it done and one more guy how can i miss him top 15 idp guy still is bobby wagner in seattle this guy is i believe 30 going to be playing in his year 32 season and he's just a tackle monster you can count on bobby wagner for over 100 tackles with you you can write it in now you can set it in stone that bobby wagner if healthy playing a full season which he always does Bobby Wagner will get you 100 tackles, so give me Bobby and Wagner as well, Ghost. We're about to come up on the uh, time, but there's two questions here that I definitely want to get in. Uh, I will leave the chat open if you want to go back and answer in text uh, you know, Absolutely. in your spare time uh, next few days. But um, one is if the Space Jam-esque situation arises, what team are we fielding to play for Earth against the aliens? Oh boy, I would say uh, let's do. Uh, let's, oh man, that's a great question. I would say, I mean, the the easy answer would be the Kansas City uh, Chiefs offense, and then we could probably pick the Washington Football Team's defense. We get them together. The 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 aliens don't have a chance. But let's be, let's have a little fun. Let's go the Los Angeles Rams offense with Stafford and Cup and in Woods. They'd make cool cartoons and you could sell the jerseys and all that. And then I, I think I would still realistically I would say the Washington football team defense, but to be fun, let's go uh the Indianapolis Colts defense. They seem like they're gonna be buzzing around the football. So the LA Rams offense with the uh Indianapolis Colts defense. I love to hear it. Uh, T Money tacked on how many sacks can we expect from Quiddy this year? I'm not expecting much from him. And look, I'm I'm in Michigan. I, I live like 10 minutes north of Detroit. I saw him. That means I'm a big Michigan football fan. Go Blue Ann Arbor. I never understood why Quiddy was uh, talked about as a top 10 overall select. I just didn't see it from him. Kid's got a motor. He's got these long arms and he's always in, in, in the uh, deep offensive lineman's face, but he just wasn't a, a top 10 selection. So again, I'm not expecting much from Quiddy pay this season. So sacks, I, I would say I would set the over under at like five and a half and I would probably still go under kids got a lot of learning and growing to do, which he'll do. But again, I'm not expecting like a, a unbelievably jump off the page, uh, rookie season from Quiddy pay. And nobody would fault you for that. And uh, last question here for the evening. Um, that way I can give you enough time to uh, plug in what you've got coming up here soon. But sure. Moncal, much like your take on the mashup of the York Peppermint Patties and Almond Joys, his idea for a tight end kicker flex spot in place of each individual position has gotten very polarizing responses. 
If there were a tight end kicker flex spot, kickers would have accounted for 40% of the top 12 performances in 2020 full PPR formats and an even split in non-PPR. What's your opinion on this coconut mint fantasy idea? I love it, and I'll tell you why. So if you notice recently, a lot of people are like petitioning their leagues to get away with just to just do away with kickers or, or DSTs, you know, defense special teams. And it's, it, it's not good. Why would you want to do that? And you know why they're doing it is because they're lazy. They're, they're, they're closed minded and they just want to care about quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end. So someone like me or um, the, the gentleman who posed that question kickers and uh, DSTs, that it opens up that much more of a strategic advantage for those of us who are willing to do the work, willing to, to crunch the numbers, stream those positions, play those, you know, those cards on our teams. So people that want to do away with it are lazy. They, they, they don't have what it takes to kind of, you know, crunch numbers and they're not, they're not abstract thinkers. Whereas, and if you like kicker and DST as I do, and as the gentleman who commented here, it gives us a strategic advantage because we, we absolutely enjoy it. We love it. And mind you, I write a, a streaming DST article in season every week. It's one of the most favorite things that I do. I love the advantage of a, of a team DST, the kick returner and all the points that it gives you in terms of, of, of interceptions and batted passes. Like that's just one step uh, above. That's like the one you go to right before you open your league up to full IDP. So give me kicker DST flex spots all day. And if you don't like that, then you might want to sit down and rethink your fantasy football position. You're probably lazy and you're close-minded. You only care about four positions. Let's expand our minds here and let's think outside the box. Love the question. Love the idea. All right. We're coming up on the, uh, our time frame here and it would be a disservice to you and the community if i didn't give you the opportunity to tell us exactly what you've got going going on coming out just came out what to look forward to give us the goods well sure thank you well to be honest with you i i just been laying low to be honest right now you know june and the first two weeks of july it's kind of the dead zone for fantasy football so i take the time to you know rest and recharge you know kind of unplug as often as i can from my phone in my computer i never say no to uh to a broadcasting spot a guest spot or broadcast ama i do i'll do those until the cows come home but right now i, I i'm not actively working on anything what i'm doing is i have some outlines and some ideas down for article ideas other graphics uh, I, i'm i'm dropping my my podcast here soon at the fantasy football expo at the end of august in in canton ohio so if anybody wants to come there and hang out and and see me i'd love to uh get with you guys so just just putting in a lot of time and effort in you know the next you know, month or two, the end of July and all of August. So not much written content right now, but that's fine. I have a timeline in my head and I, it's always done good by me. So anytime you can, you can find me on a broadcast, I would uh, appreciate you hanging out or liking it or commenting it. And uh, shout out to the undroppable shout out to rise or fall. I'm still doing my DFS stuff, MLB DFS uh, game. One of the Stanley cup final started today. So we're just about done with hockey DFS, but uh, always moving, always got that ideas or thoughts going on so i appreciate you having me here this evening the pleasure was all ours i assure you um 
we're going to have to do it again sometime. Certainly five times uh, isn't going to be enough for this community. So we'll I, be, want that uh, ten, I want that 10, that 10 time ring to be well, honest. That kind of, I think that's just a patch for the jacket that we talked about. Oh, earlier. good. Okay. Thank you. But we'll, we'll make sure that's a nice looking patch for you. Um, Appreciate any last words. Um, I've got a few more if we, because I feel like we missed something about a mental health initiative that's going on that needs to be touched on. Oh, that's fine. I, I could cover that in, in a few seconds. I won't keep anybody here longer than than need be, but it's just about, you know, uh, be kind to yourself. We have to stop and reset sometimes. It's, you know, we get caught up in the rat race, especially on social media of trying to outdo one another or trying to be better than one another. And for what? Oh, at the end of the day, at night, it's 1030 Eastern time here. At tonight, when I get in bed, I'm not thinking about what, what other people are saying or doing. I'm reliving my own day, the mistakes I've made or what I could do better. And that when we go to bed at night, if you go down with a clear conscience that's all that matters so give up trying to outdo or outlast everybody be more witty be better than people all that matters is you and how you act and how you treat people so i always say this i can only do so much alone but together we can do anything we want so reach out to someone tell them how thankful you are for them if it's uh you know your mom your grandma if you're lucky to have brothers or sisters wife husbands just reach out to them and just write them a little love note or just send them a text message. Hey, thank you for this. And, and go from there. It starts easy. It starts at home with yourself, throw all that other nonsense of what other people are saying or doing, sweep that under the rug and just worry about yourself. And I promise you, you'll be fine and you'll be better off at the end of each day. True words never spoken here on the AMAs. Thank you again, my man, Chris. Uh, that's at Detroit Beastie on Twitter. Find his content on theundroppables.com as well as on Fantasy Pros. Check him out on Twitter. Got a lot of good content on there. He's a fun follow. Uh, if you have any more questions, be sure to post them here in chat. Um, otherwise, this has been Space Ghost Force and Detroit Beastie, Chris Robin, here for a fa fantasy football chat. Ask me anything on a Monday night. Thanks again, my man, Chris, and we'll see everybody on the flip side. What a pleasure. Thanks, everybody. Have a good evening.